welcome back to Rock Camp, the podcast, the third episode, our third installment of this show. I guess I guess we haven't gotten canceled yet, guys, huh? Three times a charm. Right. Well, I'm Miles Schumann here with Britt Lightning from Vixen, our musical director at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, and David Fishoff, founder and CEO of Rock Camp. Guys, how are you liking doing the podcast so far? We're having fun with it. We're having fun. We just, where's the beer? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. Britt was supposed to bring whiskey. Yeah, so that's, exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. I got to tell you, Miles, this is fun. The stories coming out and like you said, unlocking the vault and, you know, sharing all these stories with everyone. Yeah, I hope we're entertaining our people. Because we're entertaining us, I know that much. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're having a good time. The three of us will listen, that's yeah, it. That's, my that's good. ADHD, I mean, to hear these stories again is just so great. Right. <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, let's go ahead and get right on into today's show then. Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp now has been going on nearly three decades. David, I should ask you first this because I meant to ask you this. What were those first few years of the camp like while you were also with Ringo? So I was only doing it once a year. And basically, I brought guests in who I met backstage of shows. You know, it's amazing who showed up at, at Ringo's tour, you know, backstage the first year, the second year. And I met so many amazing rock stars. They just wanted to, you know, everybody just wants to take a picture with them. They just want to meet a Beatle. That's it. I want to touch a Beatle, meet a Beatle. And it's all about that. And I, I then I contacted, you know, Brett Michaels and I, and George Thorogood. And that was the second camp. The first camp I had from my friends, like Mark Farner and I had Clarence. And I had, you know, Nils Lofgren came. And wow, Mike Love even came from the Beach Boys. Wow. I called him and... Just so many of these stars, I called them and said, I have this idea. And I got rejected by a lot of people. And we did the first one in Florida. And it was quite a um, a bomb on uh, one sense, because I had 20 campers and I had 50 media people. So that was successful. You know, we just did the, the comedy camp and I had 80 campers and I had 10 media people, you know, right. that's the first one. But the media showed up and... You know, and I did it differently than we do it now. I did it where, you know, you would get master classes from, you know, Nils Lofgren. And Nils loved it so much that he writes on his website, I'll give guitar lessons because I went to Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp and I taught it there. And I just saw how much they were giving back. And Lou Graham showed how much they enjoyed teaching, teaching. So um, we did the first one. And then I decided, you know what, we lost so much money. I'm not doing this thing again. And every day I would open my emails. When are you doing rock and roll fantasy camp? I want to send my husband. I'm a company. I want to get involved with it. We had gotten so much amazing publicity, even like Jay Leno. You know, wow. he went on the on the air when I announced it. And he said, uh, you ever hear about this rock and roll fantasy camp? For, for $5,000, you can jam with a bunch of B rock and roll stars. For $5,500, you can check yourself in the Betty Ford Clinic and jam <laughs> with some A rock and roll stars. And I just thought everybody kept talking about it. And Delta Magazine and... Everyone did the stories came out, People Magazine, four pages. So that's when I decided, you know, I, I got to try to do it again. But I couldn't get the leverage. I couldn't get my head wrapped around it. Uh, it's just because we had lost so much money. Right. And then I went to a Polestar convention in the year 2000. And they were playing a Polestars where all the artists get together, the managers get together, the, and really agents get together. This is the place where the whole industry comes together to talk about the touring and the touring business. And they were playing a game one night with Sammy Hagar, Tommy Shaw, I think Tommy Lee, and they're playing Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And they asked the question, who created, one of the questions they asked was, who created Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp? So they said, David Bowie, David Byrne, David Fishoff, you know? And Sammy Hagar yelled out, David Fishoff. And I said to myself, wow, these guys remember what I did four years ago? So I said to myself, you know, I was leaving and I said, you know what? So I gotta do this again. 
And I just said, it's, I couldn't believe how the people remember that. that. That really triggered me to do it again. Wow, I didn't know there was a break in it like that. That's interesting. Yeah, there was a break. Yeah, we lost enough money. That was a break. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and did they all jam at that camp too, or was it mostly master classes? So there was amazing master classes, and they jammed the final night. Okay. And Mike Love got up there, Mark Farner. They had a big jam. And Mark Rivera, Liberty DeVito. I mean, it was fun. It was done, done in Florida at the Doral Hotel on the beach. It was, yeah, it was quite fun. It was really fun. Did a lot of all-star band people come to those initial camps? Yeah. 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 Like I had, you know, like, well, I had Nils. Right. And then he called Clarence. Clarence, you got to come down and do this with me. Mm. And Clarence said, I'll be there for David. He was really nice. You know, Clarence was on the tour. And, you know, typical me, I've never been on a, a rock tour. I mean, I, I used to show up to Detroit and Chicago's, and I never actually went on the road with a band. Clarence taught me how to play cards. Wow. And he got me into poker and he says, come on, I'm going to make you a real roadie. Were there even bands like we have now, you know, with counselors and everyone split not, up into not bands? The first camp. No, first camp was just like we did a comedy camp. Mm. It was basically just teach, teach, teach. And then the final night we had the, the counselors jam. No, uh, campers didn't get up and jam with the counselors? They jammed with the counselors, but it wasn't like, it wasn't set. We didn't put you in bands. Right. So you got to jam with Nils. You got to jam um, with Mark Farner. But it wasn't as much as interactive as it has become. Well, now it's really something else. Britt, maybe you can talk a little bit. I mean, what is, if I go to Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp today, what am I going to be doing over four days? Yes. So over the course of four days, you join a band. So we take musicians and vocalists of all levels. So you can have never played outside your bedroom before, or you might be in a tribute band for one of your favorite artists and you're really good in you know playing gigs. So we take everybody at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, all playing levels. You join a band for four days, mentored by a rock star counselor. We have amazing counselors like Vinnie Apice from Black Sabbath and Dio, Rudy Sarzo of Quiet Riot and White Snake, you know, Tony Franklin from The Firm. Those are just a few of our staple counselors. And, uh, they will mentor you over the course of four days, help you be in a band. You know, there's always like fun drama because it's egos and band and, you know, deciding set lists and everything. Over the course of the, the four days, you have Q&As with the headliners. You have master classes from all the all the artists. We, we do interviews. Uh, we do jam rooms. And then you're in your rehearsal room preparing for your two live shows. So there's a warm up show on Saturday night. The camps are usually Thursday through Sunday. And then you have your final final performance show on Sunday. And generally there's a rock star that comes in and jams with you at the final night awesome um, and so it's really amazing because you just see the transformation from campers when they first come in people with stage right people that have never been on a stage before never been in a band never played with other musicians you know which is a whole other thing too when you right. play by yourself versus playing with others and then they're just tearing it up in costume like on stage rocking at a famous venue like the whiskey so it's pretty amazing oh that's awesome and we, also we added the viper room uh we've got a camp upcoming camp we're gonna play the troubadour Try to find legendary rooms in all the different cities. Um, you know, over the years when we did London, we played at the Cavern, you know, up in... And Abbey Road Studios. Abbey Road Studios. Yeah. And yeah, we yeah, have to yeah. really take it around to really some great locations all around the world. You know, what's kind of fun to... I, like, I've thought about this over the years is what would Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp have been like if it was around in the 80s, you know, when all these guys were, were at the peak of their debauchery, essentially? I mean... I'm not sure of... what would have happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I think having the 12-step program and, and having the the art of giving back to a lot of these people and, and, you know, in their heyday, I think really the timing 
Couldn't have been better. Right, right. Well, thank you to the 12-step program. David has not had to mortgage a house since. Yeah. So, But that's another reason why, you know, we keep getting some repeat artists coming back wanting to do it because they love that feeling of giving back. And it reminds them, like Roger Daltrey says, it reminds them where he came from when he started out in a garage band or things like that and just working together and learning really how to be in a band. And everybody learns something at Rock Camp, the counselors, the artists, and the campers. You know, Gene Simmons, you know, I love the line he said to me, he said, I wish they would have had this when I was first starting out. I would have made as many mistakes. Yeah. You know, the mere fact that you can hang with these people and touch with these people. And then if you see the results is the 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 rock stars, if you ask 95% of the rock star counselors, and I would say 80% of the guest stars, who's your best friend and where'd you meet them? I met him at Rock and Roll Fantasy again. You know, it's like Roger Daltrey says to me, I go to my concerts and I see the front row, it's all your campus. I said, well, they jam with you. They can't be anywhere else. They can't sit 10 rows back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Steven Tyler and Sammy Hagar, they bought private planes because they met one of our campers. You know, I mean, you know, it's not a, a meet and greet where you're going through a picture and you're leaving. This is really a hang. Everyone from Kip Winger to Rudy Sarzo to Bruce Kulick, they've all told me their best friends today are campers from rock and roll fans again yeah and the campers i mean i can say having been a camper myself campers form a close relationship with each other too it becomes like a reunion when you go back to every camp david you had this great line in one of your advertisements years ago tell us what it was well it was it was because drugs Okay, so rock and roll fantasy camp because sex and drugs fantasy camp would, would be, be illegal. illegal. Right. So I had a camper who came from Dallas, Texas, and he was the president of an ad agency. And he had finally retired after 25 years. And his bosses went to him and said, we're going to give you that watch and send your family on a cruise. He said, no, no, no. Send me to rock and roll fantasy camp if you really want to give me a gift. I've had a bunch of those people like that. Keep watch. I want to go to rock and roll fantasy camp. He was the president of a very famous ad agency in Dallas, Texas. And when he left camp... He called me up, he says, this thing was incredible. He says, do you mind if I give my company a project to do your ads? And he created a whole ad campaign for me that was so phenomenal. You know, he even made fun of Trickster, you know, <laughs> he made fun of all different bands. This camp goes to 11. And that was one of his ads. And I thought it was quite cool. It's awesome. Yeah, that it. was the first thing I ever saw when I came to a rock and roll fantasy camp. We walked in, my parents were like, oh, great. We kept on coming for 11 years, so clearly it worked out. <laughs> like we've been saying, even the rock stars' lives get changed. And I, I pulled um, a clip from Sammy Hagar where he starts talking about his thoughts on rock camp. So we'll play that clip here. It was the hardest I'd ever worked in one day in my life. It was like, I don't work that hard. I'm, I'm rich and famous. I don't have to work that hard. But then I realized that fantasy camp, as much as you see these people getting off. I mean, like, they dream to be rock stars. These guys are an office computer guy, a plumber, you know, a doctor, a lawyer, an Indian chief. They would love to play music for 30 hours in a row. You, you know, they can't get enough. And here I am, this jaded rock star, been doing it my whole life, and going, oh, I don't want to work that hard. I'm going, so all of a sudden, a light, because of fantasy camp, to me, about what I do, and how lucky I am, and how blessed. It actually brought enlightenment to me at a time in my life when I needed it. Because, you know, after you had millions and millions of dollars and, you know, all the things that you dreamed of, then you kind of go, so what, you know? And then that's a bad place to be. Let's talk about that for a second. It being kind of a fantasy for the rock stars. I mean, and it's hard work for them. It's, I mean, it's, you know, Britt, you can say it's hard work as a rock star, right? But it's the fun outweighs that, no? The whole premise of how rock and roll fantasy camp for me really grew was when Roger Daltrey, you know, I went over to England and I, Ron Delson, the, the famous promoter out of New York, came to speak at my camp, my second camp in New York. And he said to me, this is great. He says, but David, it's a fantasy camp. You got to get the big names. 
So he had me digging. So I decided I was going to call Roger Daltrey, and we had just done a project together, the British Rock Symphony, and and I'm going to fly over to England and, and talk to Roger and ask him if he'll do my camp. So he said, well, come on over. Well, I've been over. And I said, okay, I flew over. And we're talking, and I'm telling him, you know, it's all the small baby talk, you know, how the family, the kids, everything like that. And, and, and Roger's a very special person. I got to tell you that during 9-11, the first call I got was from Roger Daltrey. How's my family? Wow. And, you know, what we're going through now in the world, I'm, here I am calling people all the time just because I think it's really people always remember that call. And, and you really want to you want to call people and see how they're doing. And he's such a special person. And so I'm telling him, I'm talking to him. I said, Roger, you should do my camp. Can you do my camp? And, and he's changing the subject all the time. You should do a camp camp. What's a camp camp? You know? And he said, you should do the Thompson. Finally, he says to me, you know, two hours later, he said, you just do the Thompson twins and the village people. And so what are you talking about? I said, this is like rock and roll fantasy camp, you know? <laughs> so he didn't understand what I was talking about. <laughs> then I finally told him in the restaurant, where I remember it was so noisy. I said, okay, here's what it is. If you had an opportunity to meet an artist, who would you want to meet? And he says, you introduced me to Levon Helm and I'll do your rock camp. And Levon and I had just toured with Ringo. And we got to build a great friendship and the, the joke. And I started representing the band. I, I, I represented oh, wow. them for a while. Yeah. And the book came out and I got them record deals. And I was at the last Dead show. I, you know, I have a lot I of stories. I never knew that. Wow. Yeah. I had a history before I met you, Miles. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I was at the, yeah, I was with Levon and we were very close. And I said to Roger, let me find out. Now I knew I had the bag. I get Roger Dolce and Levon and I were really close friends on top of it. I, you know, you talk about the way we opened the show, camper, or a rock star, and a, a promoter. Well, just think of me and Levon Helm being coming good friends. I'm from down south, and, and he's all, you know, all southern, and there I am, Jewish. And we just had this wonderful respect for each other. And I didn't even know who the band was. I'm going to be honest with you. As a Ringo tour, I did not know who they were. And we turned out to have a very close friendship and I'm in books. Um, as a matter of fact, I was thanked that the, I just found out someone told me that the other day, I was thanked that the, when the band got nominated into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, wow. Mark Hudson thanked me and uh, just saw it recently. And the point was Roger Daltrey said to me, his hero is Levon Helm and that's how he'll do camp. And, you know, so people said to me, how did you get Roger Daltrey? And that's how I got Roger. So I forgot the question. No, we were just talking about how it's a fantasy for the rock stars, right. too. So, so, so that's right. So that, that was his fantasy that he got to meet Levon Helm. Right. So many people have, have met their idols at camp. Obviously, you get a lot of celebrities in camp that are talent at the camp. But you also get a lot of celebrities that come as campers. I mean, who are some of those that have come over the years? We've had like Conan. Angus, Angus uh, from Two and a Half Men. He wow. Showed, he showed up to camp. He was great. Uh, we've had a lot of actors, you know, TV actors come, we've had some ball players come, coach of the Miami Dolphins, and some NFL players come. And yeah, we've had some really people, you know, they wanted to keep and be anonymous, and but they want to play. And the Conan came to camp because he was invited by the press agent to see the camp. And I was hoping that, like Jay Leno, he's, he would do a whole routine and make fun. I don't care. You know, say what you want, just spell the name right. <laughs> and he came to watch camp and and then he turned to me. I said, Cody, are you going to talk about us a little bit? He says, David, I can't make fun of this. this is, I'm a guitar player. This is really serious stuff. And I think that, you know, you got an amazing thing here. I don't want to make fun of it. But, and then the same thing happened with Maxim Magazine. So Maxim Magazine sends a reporter to camp and they wanted to cover, you know, a couple of the old, you know, older campers and, and really make fun of them. And that's what the editor said, make the story about these people who want to be rock and roll stars. So, you know, the guy comes to camp, spends the four days. I call him up about a month later because I want to be able to bring Maximum Magazine home to my house. 
you know, the wife's permission. You know, right. hey, honey, I got an article in here. I got to be out of it. You know? <laughs> just for the article. Just for the article. And I, I'm the only guy to read the articles, right? So I said, when, when is the article going to come out? And he says to me, David, I got to be honest with you. My editor wanted me to write a, wanted me to write a negative story about it, and I can make my money and do it. I don't I don't want to hurt you because this thing is real. These are real rock stars, real people, and I, again, I'm a musician, so I can really really respect it. So I really never had any negative press. Saturday Live has done some great stuff on it, and and that's okay, and you can spoof on it. But you know, the, the press has been really been amazing from airline magazines and. I remember Sebastian Bach called me one day. Says, I was never on a cover of a magazine. Here I am on the cover of, of the British Airways magazine. The stories have been really great because the people stories. It's really about the stories of the people. You get the rock stars, you know, I mean, their stories everybody knows, but to get these people's stories, and you know, that's why it's always been hard for me to ask a rock star to do a story in advance of going to camp, because they don't know what it is. They can do it afterwards. You know, people say, you know, press say, I need them to talk before. I said, I can't get them to talk for and they've never done it. After they've done it, it's easy to get someone to talk about it. Right. One of my favorites, I'm going to play a clip now from Rick Harrison from Pawn Stars. He came as a camper to camp. I went to rock and roll fantasy camp. Uh, I got voice lessons and everything. And I get to spend half a day um, hanging out with Roger Daltrey and singing on stage with him. To me, it's a big deal. My teenage children go like, who's that? <laughs> it was really was a bucket list item in my life. I'm a celebrity and I hang out with people like that my whole life, but you know. That's why I was a little starstruck. It rarely happens, but every once in a while it does. He wanted to come to Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. He wanted to shoot an episode because he is a Who fanatic, and his fantasy was to sing with Roger Daltrey. And at that time, I didn't know the show. I wasn't watching it, but he came by the camp, and I said, can I take a picture to put on my Facebook? I got a 1,000 likes. He was, <laughs> I didn't realize how big he is. And even Roger loved him as a, you know, and people watch that show. Oh, yeah. And he was explaining to me, it's like, let's make a deal in the old days. And uh, what a sweet man. You know, and you can watch him perform with Roger Daltrey on Pawn Stars. It made it on the show and everything. So, Britt, have you uh, have you had any of these celebrity campers in your band ever as a counselor? Um, I have had, yeah, well, I, I had a great writer, writer of uh, Californication. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. You know, one of my favorite shows. So I, I fanned out a little bit there. That yeah. was very cool. Um, so did we introduced him to Slayer, the band. And they, you know, I told the manager that, that he's a camp, Tom Kapanos and and they got they went nuts over him, you know. Yeah. They, yeah. It's, Tom comes to every camp. I was waiting for an Uber. I'd missed the shuttle to camp one day, and this other guy's next to me waiting for an Uber. He starts telling me, "Oh, I write for TV shows." I had just started watching Californication. I mean, you know, it was, it was my favorite show at the time. So you will meet cool people other than just the rock stars at Rock and Roll and Fantasy Camp. Even people that aren't celebrities. I was impressed. Okay, this guy couldn't play A, D, and G in order. However, he was a rocket scientist for NASA, an actual rocket scientist. Wow. So I mean, that was amazing. Like, Brian May, he's a he's a guitarist and a rocket we scientist, right? We have a whole right? episode just on campers. I yeah. know they're fascinating. They really they are. They really are fascinating. And again, I give them credit for coming and trying to do something that they're not, you know, they're not comfortable doing. And that's why you you know you have to give these people a lot of credit to come to camp. But is this a good way to just get out of the headspace of the corporate world and everything like that too? And it's just like the stress 
free place where you can just cut loose and have fun. And I think that's why a lot of a lot of those type A people want to come and, and just just get out of their own heads for a minute and put the phones away and just fully immerse themselves in rock and roll. Except when they decide to take over the band. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, my favorite story is when Bruce Kulik was, had, had the head of Oracle there and and he said, you know, my band, we want to play this song. He said, excuse me, I got to teach the song to five people, you know. So uh, we had that famous saying at Rock Camp, we don't let the inmates run the asylum. And I got that from Coach Parcells. So. Well, Rudy has this great thing. I've heard him say when he's dealing with campers, he kind of takes the approach of whatever they do in the world. If he has a, a money guy, he takes music from a numbers approach. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. If he has a, a creative guy, he takes it from a more artsy, creative approach. I mean, is that kind of what you have to do when you have such a diverse ray, array of people in one room? Uh, yeah, I think that helps a lot because people know how to speak in a certain language and music doesn't make sense to everyone. For, for some people, they're, they're just starting out. They want to get involved in music, but, but they really don't know how. But if you tell it to them in their own words that they're used to hearing, yeah, I think, I think that's a great tool. We've had a couple of Madeline from Californication. We've had athletes. We've had coaches. People get to come. They like the, the producer from Santa Clarita's diet. Yeah. And and, um, and a lot of CEOs, too. CEOs. But who, who, she's great. She did the comedy camp. She yeah, came. Uh, Tracy Katsky, you know, married mm-hmm. to, to Mr. Boomer there. Um, she, Tracy comes, and, you know, she's got her own girl band now, so she doesn't come anymore. But, uh, yeah, we've had a lot of great creative people. And a lot, you know, we also get, we get a lot of the guys star Oracle comes to camp and, you know, people who are computer, people are computer, they play instruments. And so lawyers, accountants, people who are really smart, both play an instrument. It's hard to play an instrument. I mean, you know, for you guys, it's easy, but, you know, for a guy like me. I still can't get that F chord. Well, we have our friend Keith, who we interviewed, who, you know, I mean, he started a band with his sons because he came to Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. He's opening for L.A. Guns and Bullet Boys and all sorts of big bands now. Question for Keith Watson. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. What are you doing <laughs> now that you're a rock star? It's hard to do all that stuff with my kids. So your your story is really interesting because, you know, you came to Rock Camp. Obviously, you've been playing music for some time. Your kids have been playing. But you guys started a band together, and you've had some real rock stars play on your records. Now you're starting to open for some bands that you probably grew up listening to. So let's go back to the start. I mean, you know, how did you get involved with Rock Camp? How did this all start? I was looking for something to do with my kids, and the next camp came up in 2019, and I was like, oh, we have to do this. Well, in the course of, you know, rehearsing, because I'm not, I don't like to, I mean, if I have the band here, it's great to, to do all that. So I wanted to be prepared. And I think I was actually probably more nervous than they were just because I didn't want to screw up their camp, right? So we rehearsed, and then as a function of doing that, we started jamming our own songs. I've been in bands for a long time. And um, that kind of, that whole concept of going to camp started the concept in our heads of, oh, we can be a band. Then I was like, this is great because there's no drama with those two boys other than, you know, when they were growing up. So, so who was the first rock star that we got involved? Was it Tony Franklin or, you know, what's the story behind some of these people you met at camp getting involved with the band really it's Amir I mean Amir was our counselor whenever we you know did our deal but it's kind of funny the small world that we live in because I was a huge fan of Rough Cut in the 80s that's where Amir really cut his teeth was with Paul Shortino and uh, Matt Thorne and all those guys in Rough Cut which was kind of like the remnants of Mickey Rat Um, he mixes all of our music basically. So we didn't have a bass player and we weren't entirely sure how long it was going to be before we could play live. And so 
I, I knew that Tony had played on some other tracks. So I sent him some of our stuff and he's like, Oh, cool. I'm going to, he played on our, the first real track that we released, uh, running man. I've always said this, it's not the headliners that I even care about anymore. Although that is what pulls you in, but it's the counselors, you know, they're the, they're the folks that are out there working their ass off and, you know, and making all of these other names sound really good on stage, sound really good on records. They're the true pros. And so to be, to be able to collaborate with those folks has been huge for me. Um, yeah. Monty Pittman, what another amazing guy. And what a yeah. he is. And if only people knew that, you know, he taught Madonna guitar, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, he, he just taught at, me to guitar too. Yeah, he worked at guitar center. I mean, you know, yeah. and her husband, he's from Longview, Texas. Yeah. 60 miles from my hometown. Her husband yeah. calls up and guitar center says, you know, I need an instructor. And, and he goes over the house and meets Madonna and, Next thing you know, he's in Madonna's band for 20 years. You know, you're a very successful businessman. And how do you use being in a band and music to help your, your business life and, and vice versa? It's really all about networking. Well, I'm sure somebody has, but I've never personally died from asking a question or asking, you know, somebody to come to a show or, you know, it's, it's about, um, it's really about finding common interest you know, with folks and it, and it happens on both sides of the fence. It's such a great story, Keith. Thank you so, so much. The Intemperate Sons, by the way. That's right. Is the name of the band. This Thank has you been so great. Thank you. One of my favorite camper stories, we'll play a clip from our interview with this guy, Taft Strickland, comes to camp, brings his fiance. Yeah, Sonos guy. He's known as the Sonos Jesus because he kind of looks like Jesus and he was working for Sonos then. He came to camp, you know, he was with his fiance. She had been wanting to get married. He actually got married on stage at camp. Sammy Hagar was there. We'll play a clip from that right now, too, because, I mean, what a story. These are things you can only get at something like Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. It can't happen anywhere else. So let's go to the beginning. I mean, how did you find out about Rock Camp? Where did this idea to incorporate your wedding into it go? Well, so uh, I'll kick off with, I knew about Rock Camp um, and had followed it. And then my wife and I were like, hey, we're getting to an age where we need to figure out if we're going to have kids or not. Both of us had been married once before, had a quote starter marriage. And so we're like, well, we're going to try and have a baby. And then um, if that doesn't work, then we'll get married because all these people around us were having a hard time. And so, um, you know, we had no problem at all. We had our first daughter, Violet. And um, a little while after she was born, my wife says, so we should probably get married. And I'm like, yeah, we probably should. And she said, what's it going to take to uh, get us to walk down the aisle? Like, what do you want to do? And I said, well, you know, if you could reunite Van Halen and uh, bring them, I would be willing to do that. And I just laughed and I, I love her to death and would have married her no matter what. Um, but uh, I was just kind of like, if you can do that. And then I think it was maybe a week later, she was driving home from the office and she calls and says, I've got a question. And I'm like, yeah. And she was like, maybe we should like you go to rock and roll fantasy camp. And on the way back, we stop and get married by Elvis um, in Vegas. And then we fly home. And I was like, no, 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 let's get married at rock camp. And she's like, okay. And I just kind of laughed. And then it moved on to some what we were doing for dinner. And then the next day, my wife calls and says, hey, I just placed a random phone call to somebody at Rock Camp. What are you doing tomorrow at one o'clock in the afternoon? And I said, why? And she's like, well, we're going to do a conference call. And the guy that owns Rock Camp, the CEO and founder is going to be on it. And they have a bunch of questions about our wedding. And um, it was the fastest wedding planning ever. <laughs> 
Um, it was an amazing experience. There were a lot of moving parts, and all those moving parts ended up in uh, David's lap. It was David's job to take all these pieces and parts and put them together. And, uh, you know, I had initially joked, like, Alex Van Halen's a minister. He can marry people. Like, can we get Sammy to marry us? And so on and so forth. We did end up hiring a guy that he's one of two people in Southern California that can marry you without you having to go to the courthouse. You know, he's been involved in 56 Kardashian weddings between the four daughters. He is the one that marries the reality TV stars when they do filming and so on and so forth. But there were a lot of pieces and parts to it. Um, I was in a band with um, Fred Corey, who played drums for Cinderella and just played with tons of people you know over the years is a band with steven piercy i think he did a fill-in tour for poison like and i was like hey man you come out and be my best man he's like get me a flower they did the rock camp performance which was sammy coming out performing with each of the bands and you know and i came out and got married teddy andreatis played keyboards like, what a great guy and what a great history. Alice Cooper, Guns N' Roses, the Boxmasters. Like, I, I could go on and on for another 15 minutes, Carol King. But he played our wedding march. It really kind of turned out that, like, we just had all these new friends there. I had a handful of friends there. And then a, a bunch of rock stars. That's one of the cool things about rock camp. You walk in and it's super intense. And you are living as a rock star, as a professional musician for those days. And then you walk away and re-enter life. And it just puts things into perspective. It makes you appreciate that time um, that you had and appreciate the connections and the memories. I played rock candy with Ronnie Montrose at fantasy camp. Like, how amazing is that? And as I sit here and talk about it, I got, I got the hair on my arms sticking up. And then another crazy moment, I went to get a bottle of water during camp. And we were at Amp Studios in LA. I grabbed a bottle of water. I handed one to Ronnie. And Ronnie goes, oh, man. And he like looks at me and I'm like, Sammy Hagar walked in the front door. They gave each other a hug and talked for a couple of minutes. And I hung out. Ronnie just had this like look of relief on his face afterwards. We headed back downstairs. I went to my studio. He went to his. But as we went down the steps, he said, that's the first time I've seen that guy and talked to him, I think, since I fired him. I was like, and I just witnessed this. And he's like, yes, you did, son. I hope you got your money's worth. <laughs> but, you know, it was the first time they were together and they were such a dynamic, dynamic duo and a dynamic band. It was just, it was crazy that I went to get a drink and that's what happened. You know, it reminds me of a story. You know, I was with Clarence Clemens in Japan on my first Ringo All-Star band. And we're in the lobby in Tokyo in the hotel. And the phone rings. And uh, Clarence says, I, I got to take it. It's Bruce Springsteen. And he got a call from Bruce that he's disbanding the E Street Band. It was hard for him to play that gig that night, you know. But but um, thank God they got back together and years later. And But yeah. he was so depressed, you know. You're in a band and it's your life. And all of a sudden... You get that call. That's that's not the happiest call, you know. That you're used to in show business. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I also remember Ronnie. I remember getting him, a, offering him a suite at a hotel, and I wanted to put him at the Hilton and give him the best suite. And he called me back and he said, you know, I need a motel where I could cook my own food and I may, and I can bottle my med my medication, and everything like that. And he, he was really in the last days of his life. But what a beautiful person he was, and and um, and for you to share that memories. Yeah, I'm just like, wow, talk about witnessing history. 
Taft, this was so great to catch up with you. And 12 years, they flew by. I grew up in those 12 years, so they really flew by for me. You grew so. up. I got old. Brit has not aged. So... <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Thanks so much, Taff. There's a great clip, uh, you know, which which I'll play next here. Your dear friend, Alice Cooper and Shep Gordon, who have been working together for so long. Right. Now, I'm very, very lucky to have found Shep. Shep and I have been together 51, 52 years. When you get a manager that you can trust, we don't have a contract with each other. I never worried about money. To this day, I never, I don't know how much we make in a show. I don't know how much I pay the band. I never want to know any of that. Shep, you take care of that, and I'll take care of doing this. We hear Alice in this clip say that they don't even have a contract together. I mean, what can we say about an artist and manager relationship like Alice and Shep? It's legendary, first of all, right? But I, I never had paper with my artists. Yeah? No, but I just, you know, I wanted to be able to leave. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was some artists like Turtles, they cursed me out, you know. Mark Fulman, his partner, writes in his book, you know, he's really upset because... I left them because I picked up Ringo Starr. What am I going to do? Stay with the turtles? I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, but I picked up Ringo. And then Ringo said, well, you can't represent me and the village people, you know, and, <laughs> and the monkeys, you know. And, and he was right. It was a whole element of rock and roll. And I was going to go with Joe Walsh. I was going to go with the band. So I didn't want a piece of paper either. And I wanted to be able to move. Wow. So even with Ringo, no contract. No. Yeah. I mean, you know... 15 years, it was just, you know, we shake our hands and I wouldn't want a piece of paper. I think paper ruins the relationship. Now, if I was dealing with an artist that just started out and I discovered them and like Justin Bieber and, you know, I'm going to put my whole life into it, a beginning artist, then, you know, I think you have to have paper because you're taking them to the next level. But an artist like a veteran band who really, you know, they just need me to guide them. But was it was the band or any other, I show them the business and do their business for them. No, I don't, I don't really think you need paper. I think it keeps everybody on their toes. Right. You know, I think if marriages didn't have paper, it would keep everyone on their toes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, you know, when it's a handshake deal, as long as your fingers are all there, when you're done with it, it's all good, now, right? Other managers, you know, they, they believe differently. You know, a lot of people have paper. I never had paper with any of my clients over the years. Wow. And Even athletes. Britt, from an artist's perspective, you know, what's your take on that? You know what? I've actually never signed contracts with any bands that I've played for either. I've played, you know, as a gun for hire for different bands, been members of bands. And yeah, same thing, I got to say. And it's never been paperwork. And I think it just keeps things like, I don't know, it, it seems easier. It just seems friendlier. Yeah. It's like, you got to trust and... I mean, I mean what goes having a piece of paper if you're going to get ripped off anyways? So. Yeah. Right, because yeah. who's going to actually yeah. pay, pay all the lawyers all that money? Right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> the, end, the end, the lawyers will win and you're going to lose anyway, so... But as an artist, that's never scary. Like, you know, you never, I mean, obviously you have pretty good uh, job security with Vixen and with David, but I mean, you never kind of get scared. Oh, what if Vixen does decide real quick? That would be a fear in my mind is what if they wake up and decide they want to go with a new guitarist or something? Yeah, there's always that fear. But I think as long as you know that you're doing your job and, you know, you have a good relationship and I think you have to work for people that you trust too. And that, right. you, you know, I think Jay Leno was, uh, he was great. And, you know, he talked about trust and friendships and being yeah. a good guy and, you know, we've always seen people that I've seen the people that are good, good people in the business. They last for a lot of years and people who aren't, they're not around anymore, you know? Mm, so, right. you know, and also the artist, I remember even representing athletes, the athlete that was so interested in his contract and money, money, money is different than the artist who, you know, and then Phil Sims, who just, 
he you know he would have paid the team to play quarterback you know right. his enthusiasm and i think that's what you really need i like that that to me you know works a lot better yeah why is it different in music and sports with contracts well you have a contract with the team because you can get right. injured so badly so uh, you right. contracts you okay. know yeah so guys i think this is a good place to stop for today this is the third episode of rock camp the podcast the official podcast of rock and roll fantasy camp we'll be back for a fourth episode right we're going to be back for 104. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 204. <laughs> we, we did 160 masterclasses, Brett, you and I. I think we got enough material to keep this going, and I think we can entertain the world yeah. with uh, different knowledge that they're not going to find anywhere else. And no one's getting rid of us. So as usual, rockcamp.com for more information. Follow Rock Fantasy Camp on Instagram. Look up Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp on Facebook and uh, anywhere else on social media you can find us. Don't forget to celebrate the launch of the podcast. We are giving away an electric guitar signed by Marty Friedman, formerly of Megadeth, Mike Portnoy of Dream Theater, and Zach Wilde, the legendary shredder from Ozzy Osbourne, now with Pantera, and a bunch of rock star counselors from Rock Camp. So all you got to do is follow and rate and review the pod on your favorite platform. And to do so, you can go to rockcamp.com slash podcast. And don't forget to check out Rock Camp the Movie if you haven't seen it, streaming free on Amazon Prime and on Peacock and some of your favorite airlines like JetBlue. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.